0: Welcome to Sibylline Podcasts, part of our World Risk Register Threat Monitoring Service. These podcasts are released on a weekly basis, covering timely and relevant topics. In these discussions, we hope to shed light on evolving scenarios and provide actionable predictions and implications. We hope you enjoy listening and welcome any feedback.
1: Hello and welcome to another Sibylline podcast. On today's agenda is a discussion of the relationship between India and Pakistan, with bilateral tensions currently elevated given developments in Kashmir over the past couple of weeks. To share her knowledge on this topic, I'm joined today by Sibylline's Asia-Pacific analyst Phoebe Worthington. So, Phoebe, let's begin. Can we give us a, a brief background on the situation of the past couple of weeks? Sure.
0: So last week, India conducted airstrikes in Pakistan for the first time since the war of 1971, or since separatist movements began, should I say, in Kashmir. One day after those airstrikes, Pakistan said that it had shot down two Indian Air Force planes in its airspace uh, within Kashmir, and it captured three pilots. India confirmed that at least one of its pilots was missing in action. Those clashes arose from an attack on 44 Indian paramilitary troops which were killed by a vehicle packed with explosives which drove into a convoy uh, in the capital of Indian-controlled Kashmir. The Pakistani-based militant group Jaishi Mohammed claimed responsibility for that attack and that bombing was the deadliest militant attack on Indian forces since the insurgency has uh,
1: begun. Okay, and and what's the context here? I I imagine it's all quite complicated, but could you explain briefly what the contention between India and Pakistan is all about? Sure, so rival claims to sovereignty over
0: Muslim-majority Kashmir has been the flashpoint for tensions between India and Pakistan. Both countries' claim to Kashmir is mistakenly seen as a source of national pride. And whilst that's certainly how it's it's framed domestically, it's actually wanted by both sides for very important strategic reasons. For India, Kashmir gives it a window into Central Asia and a border to Afghanistan. But actually, more importantly than that, it denies Pakistan a border with China. Both Pakistan and China are arch rivals with India and India is particularly nervous in recent years about the development of China's Belt and Road Initiative, which will build up Pakistan's capabilities and Chinese power in the region. And this is what's most likely accounted for a steady rise in tensions over the past three years and for India particularly to have invested in a lot of heavy artillery in Kashmir. For obvious reasons, Pakistan wants to hold on to Kashmir almost for the reasons that India doesn't want it. It sees it as a way to strengthen its relationship with China, and it denies India strategic options. Another important point for Pakistan is that it secures its water supply. What's quite interesting is that the attack by Shi Mohammed was allegedly in retaliation for the attack on the Chinese consulate in Pakistan last year. And Whilst that was blamed on Indian militants, and that's highly unlikely, this trend highlights the broader
1: underlying themes here that I've touched upon. Okay, so coming back to the events of recent weeks, how can we best explain India's response to the militant attack?
0: Well, India's response is driven by the fact that it's a time of very heightened political tensions in the country. It's approaching very uh, significant national elections in April and May this year, and Prime Minister Modi is under increasing pressure as the vote draws closer because Local elections have indicated that the opposition congress are growing in power and that its coalition partners might be able to come together and and defeat the incumbent Bharatiya Janata party. Any perception of weakness towards Pakistan would alienate the BJP's support base and increase the likelihood of an opposition victory directly. So they have been under great pressure to respond to what was obviously a very significant
1: attack on, on its forces within Kashmir. So turning to the latest developments here, the Indian pilot was released last Friday. What does this signify?
0: So the pilot being given back is a very positive signal. And what it ultimately shows is that both sides are seeking to practice restraint in order to prevent a broader conflict. The severity of uh, the airstrike retaliations uh, were notably disputed. So both both sides have different accounts. India saying that they were much more severe than they were. Pakistan saying that they weren't. What this indicates is that they are trying to contain the situation by enabling India to demonstrate proportionate retaliation to its domestic audience and Islamabad doing the same thing for its domestic audience so as not to risk appearing weak towards India. Uh, Another important point worth making is that the fact that airstrikes took place wasn't actually a significant escalation to the extent that perhaps it has been portrayed because it reflects current weather conditions in Kashmir. India was actually prevented from a ground-based response, the type of response they prefer and the type of response they they usually use in these type of escalations because there's a level of deniability. Airstrikes certainly make it look a lot worse than it was, but they've been reliant on that. Uh, I suppose in summary of the situation now, both governments have publicly called for restraint. They've sought to reassure the other that they're not seeking a wider conflict. And they've stressed that they're avoiding civilian and military targets on the ground. So this all points towards the fact that these exchanges are a controlled form of escalation at present.
1: Great. So it sounds like the situation might be starting to stabilise Um, going forward. How do you see things developing in, in the short term?
0: The Indian elections mean that New Delhi is in a more vulnerable position in terms of dialing down its posture, comparative to Pakistan. So this means that there still is the risk of unintended escalation in the absence of an official dialogue. This would be driven by non-state actors, most likely. A major terrorist attack would be likely to uh, trigger a significant build-up of conflict in the backdrop of these significant elections, and if it was obviously a terrorist attack which, which had direct or indirect links to, to the Pakistani state. Vice versa, an attack inside Pakistan, which Islamabad could somehow blame on India, such as a, an attack on Chinese commercial interests, which they've done so far. This could also be a trigger for further spikes in tension, uh, which were unintentional, but ultimately a greater risk at, at this time. Any further attacks within Kashmir are very very likely and this is probably going to cause aviation disruption if they occur again potentially without warning as well and in Pakistan we saw this when the airspace was completely closed down and in northern India airspace was also closed down for I believe 24 hours.
1: Right so following the election going further forward is anything likely to change? Well, in the post-election environment,
0: obviously, it's not particularly clear at present. There's a lot of factors to take into consideration which will become clearer within the next few weeks. But I would suggest that India's main condition for engagements with Pakistan is to see that Pakistan has somehow made progressions in counter-terrorism measures. So this is the theme which is likely to dominate in the post-election environment, uh, meaning that their foreign policy will, will have a broad continuity, regardless of who wins, whether it's Modi or a, a, or a Congress-led victory. But that said, a Congress coalition would be likely to weaken a more unanimous foreign policy and so therefore increase the risk of miscalculation. Like I say, this will become clearer as we get nearer to the elections and we can reassess the standing of the country's foreign policy priorities.
1: And, and what about in Pakistan.
0: Well, something which has come to my attention in recent weeks is the likelihood of a U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. And what this might mean, or a major withdrawal of U.S. troops might mean for Afghanistan, is that it will become a weaponry and and training hub for militants, which in turn will make it a greater threat to Pakistan, or it will have a greater influence on Pakistani militants and their capability. And in turn, that will have a, a greater impact on India because of the risk of Pakistani militants. So what that might mean is that Pakistan becomes uh, more of a, perceived as more of an aggressor and uh, that level of instability might threaten an attack beyond Kashmir.
1: Okay, so you say that on the whole the chances here of an escalation to a conflict, a, a broader conflict, are quite low. But what are some of the indicators we should look out for that things might be starting to escalate? Sure.
0: So emphasizing again that this is the extreme scenario um, and that there's no reason to suggest that things will escalate, bar in, in the scenario of of uh, miscalculation triggered by, by a terrorist attack, like I say, um, a few... Key triggers to look out for, or an indication that things are are beginning to escalate in a concerning manner, might be Chinese involvement or intervention re India-Pakistan relations because they may have some form of intelligence which suggests that things are beginning to to heat up. They were relatively quiet during this recent skirmish, but if they were involved, that would that would indicate you know a, a quite sizable increase in tensions. Potentially looking towards more military triggers, etc. Airstrikes over Kashmir, which began to incur civilian ca- casualties or military casualties, which this series of airstrikes deliberately sought not to do, um, bar obviously the, the planes that were shot down. But more threatening airstrikes might also indicate that. And again, in another extreme an indication of, of irrefutable increase in tensions would be any movements by the Indian Navy towards the port of Karachi, because if war was imminent, they would almost certainly act fast to try and blockade the port of Karachi. But I should emphasize that's kind of the last case uh, indication of, of a major buildup of tensions between, between these two countries.
1: Great. Thank you, Phoebe. So it sounds to me like while the situation is likely to remain stable for the near future, there are a number of potential triggers here. So it's definitely a scenario that we at Simuline will continue to monitor closely over the weeks and months ahead. And that brings our podcast to an end. We hope you found it interesting and informative, and we welcome any questions or comments you may have.
0: Thank you for listening, and we hope you have found this podcast useful. If you would like to learn more about our services, or if you have any questions or feedback, please get in touch at info at